Welcome to Purpose Without Limits, the show which strives weekly to empower you to reach your true potential, to help you understand how a simple shift in thinking can make success a reality, both professionally and personally. You'll learn about business etiquette intelligence and why a first impression is so crucial and the real rules of the game to help you outclass your competition. Your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. For more, visit MakeYourBestImpression.com. The time to become your best self is today. Here's Dallas Teague Snyder. Welcome to this week of Purpose Without Limits. This is your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, America's Impression Engineer and the author of Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market. So if you haven't picked up your copy of the book yet, you can do that at MakeYourBestImpression.com and be sure to leave a special note when you send me an email and I'll be sure to autograph it for you. So either a copy for yourself or for a friend, a great gift for anyone that you know that would like to be their best self. So anyway, we're here at Purpose Without Limits and this show is to help you be your best self. And of course, we have a fantastic guest like we always do. And if you have not heard our other shows, you want to be sure to go back to webtalkradio.net and sign up for the podcast, or you can also go to purposewithoutlimits.com and click and listen at your leisure. So there is no excuse for you not to get all the tools that you need and that are available to you, right? Right? Is there a question about that? (laughs) I don't think there should be. Anyway, we're here to help you be your best self. And remember what we say, one new idea can change your world today. So, today's show, we're going to be talking to a fantastic lady and a wonderful expert in customer service. Her name is Catherine Giovanni, and we're going to be talking about the lack of customer service and basically our charge to let you be like a concierge, to encourage you to be like a concierge, and maybe even start your own concierge business. She is going to be also giving you a copy of her book, Going Above and Beyond, which is an award-winning book. And if you are the first, one of the first 10 people to reach out to her after this show, you can receive that complimentary. So you want to make sure to stay tuned for that. Also in the show, we're going to have Tube Talk, Tube Talk, as far as Attitude Talk. And Barbara Kazam is going to be helping us take our attitude to the next level. So with that being said, let's welcome Catherine to our show. Thank you for having me, Dallas. Appreciate it. Oh, Catherine, you know, I, it's, it, it's amazing how time can go by, but you connect with people, and I believe we met probably last year, and it just seems like we've never been apart. That's true. That's true. You know, you have those connections, and I try to tell people all the time that you never, you never know where a relationship will take you, and I'm just thrilled that we're able to connect again and um, you know, I can have you on the show. I think you've got such a wealth of information to share with our listeners. Tell us a little bit about your experience um, training as far as the Concierge Triangle. You're the co-founder of Tri- Concierge Triangle and what you guys do with your organization to, to help people and companies offer better customer service. Well, we, uh, we founded Triangle Concierge back in 1998 and we teach individuals how to start their own concierge company. And we teach corporations how to start their own in-house concierge service that they offer to a condominium or a hospital or an office building or a neighborhood, offering concierge services to their tenants or their clients or their patients. 
I've been doing it a long time. You know, it sounds like um, by th- what you're talking about doing is you're showing them how what I call offering lanyard service, which is a little something extra. So if they decide to impl- to uh, implement that in their companies, they're just offering, offering more value to the folks that uh, work there or the offices that are there. So um, is it a, a revenue stream for them as well, or is it just a value-based type thing? Honestly, both. Oh. It can be an extraordinary revenue stream because it's going to give you an edge in your competition. I'd much rather go rent a, I'd much rather go, you know, rent or buy an office in your building or go to that hospital because you have a concierge service and who I know that can get anything anywhere at any time for me than somebody who doesn't offer that service. And if you are a staff member and you have access to a concierge service, well, you know, the concierge will do the things that have to be done so you can do the things that you want to do, like either spend time with your family or spend more time at your desk, depending upon, you know, what what your gig is. (laughs) Well, hopefully people will choose to spend more time with your family. Well, it depends if I'm talking to the business owner or the staff member. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Of course, our whole whole point is let's, let's spend time with things that are important. But, yes, if we have a concierge, we can do that, right? Absolutely. I mean, they'll do anything in the yellow pages as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. Well, concierge yeah. will do it. <laughs> well, explain for those of us who, who've never heard the word concierge. I actually, I'll tell you a cute story. When I was uh, getting my degree in hospitality, I was at a Stouffer Hotel, which are now Renaissance properties, and I was attending a uh, party, if you will, and um, dressed in a pumpkin costume it's not the place you really expect to get a job but uh the front desk people were asking you know where we were going to school what we were graduating in and of course they said do you want to be a concierge well of course my initial impression or my response was um Yes, absolutely, but I had no idea what it meant. So I actually went home and got out the dictionary. You know, Internet was not what it is today. In fact, I don't really even think there was any such thing then. And um, it said the keeper of the keys, but I found out it was so much more than that. It is a true concierge, and my new book teaches people how to act like a concierge. A true concierge and a true person who loves customer service is warm, friendly, and approachable. You know, customer service and being a concierge is a lifestyle. It's not a career. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's deep down inside of you. You're the type of person that when you go to the grocery store and you have a full cart of groceries and there's a little old, you, you know, there's a, you know, little old man or lady behind you with three little packages, you will just in- instinctively let them go ahead of you. Oh, yes, yes. Or how about the, I actually had someone tell me in a, in a conference I was doing and speaking to there, that she was expecting a child and a gentleman pushed right past her in the elevator, just almost pushed her down to get, you know, to get past her in the elevator to get off the floor. Wow. Yeah. So it, you're talking about really anticipating in everyday life the little things. Yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's being warm, friendly, and approachable. I mean, it really boils down to, and, you know, I get asked, you know, all the time, what is the secret of the industry? What is that one thing that makes a concierge a concierge? And the media asks me that all the time. And the real key is you have to be nice. And I'm not even trying to be funny. You simply have to be nice to people. That's the entire thing. It's really no more complicated than that. Just be nice. Well, and do you ever find when you're doing training, um, I know it's funny to me when I do some of my etiquette courses in personal coaching, people don't really realize where they're missing the mark. Have you ever had anyone in any class or any training that perhaps thought they were nice but really were just not getting it? I did. I was doing some training at a hospital, 
and they wanted me to train their security guards. And many of their security guards used to work for the state penitentiary. Mm. And when I walked in, there was about 50 of them, and they were mostly men. And this gentleman walked up to me in a very gruff manner. He said, what are you here to teach? I looked at him, and I smiled, and I said, well, I'm really here to teach you to be nice. And he looked at me, and he growled, I am nice. (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) Let me lead you to a front chair in the front. Right. I think he genuinely thought he was being nice. And I think, you know, I think that's the problem. There's been studies done of, um, in fact, there was one study done in particular. I can't remember who did the study, but they surveyed about 300 companies. And they discovered that of those 300 companies, the clients, only 8% of those companies' clients thought the customer service was good. Yet, incredibly, over 80% of the companies themselves thought they offered great customer service. Wow. That says it all right there. And that's typical of the reaction that I'm getting with this book. Everybody looks at me and says, oh, I know that stuff already. Uh huh. <laughs> well, knowing it and putting it into practice are yeah. two different things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. You know how many how many husbands out there know what it's like to be romantic, know what they should do, but <laughs> right. Well, yeah. yeah, we all know what to do, but are you really doing it? I mean, are you really saying? You know, are you really talking the talk? Are you really putting other people first? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've done uh, seminars uh, where I've one of the things I ask is, "Who raise your hand really high? I want to see it raise it really high. Um, who thinks customer service is at an all time high? No one's hand goes up." And yeah. I said, "Now raise your hand if um, you've been surprised recently about some good customer service. So you may see a couple of hands go up. And always there are, are one or two companies that come to mind. People think of Chick fil A." Mm-hmm as a consistent company that offers great customer service, and Nordstrom. And it was interesting because they said in Nordstrom that you can return anything at any time without any question. Absolutely. Yeah, just made it easy to do business with them. And I think from a business standpoint, that's what people are looking for. Is it going to be difficult or is it going to be a pleasure to do business with you? I mean, you would need to take your customer service to go above and beyond. I mean, I've done the same thing you did. I have a little twist. I'll say, give me some good, you know, give me some examples of bad customer service. Every hand will shoot up in the room, every single one. Not one person won't shoot their hand up. Mm. So you call in a few people, and then I'll look at them and say, now give me an example of great customer service. No one raises their hand. I almost mm. have to pull, it's like pulling teeth out of a baby. I mean, you have to pull it out of them. I was attending the Disney Institute training, and they taught me a bunch of things, but there was two things that they taught. One in particular, they did the same thing, and this lady raised her hand she just happened to be sitting right behind me and she said we are really financially strapped and we called the uh alarm system company that was you you know that we had hired to you know do our house and we wanted to cancel our policy because we couldn't afford it and the lady on the other side of the phone said well is it the service why are you canceling the policy so she said i told them i said we just can't afford it and the woman on the other end of the phone incredibly said, well, I refuse to cancel your service. I won't, I won't do it. And she said, excuse me? She said, no, we're going to give it to you free for the next year. When you get on your feet, you call me and let me know when you can afford to pay it again. Oh, wow. That's customer service mm-hmm. that goes above and beyond anything else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, not saying, oh, we're so sorry, come back when you have more money. Or, um, yeah, you've paid all this time, but yet now you're not, you're, you know, now you're not important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And that's obviously a company-wide uh, policy because, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, 
that's that's what's going above and beyond. Now, I'm not telling everybody they should give away their their store. No. You need to take service one step further. Another story is Walt Disney gets the question, and I'm not kidding, they really do get this question, what time is the 3 o'clock parade? <laughs> yeah. Hmm, well, 3 o'clock parade is that, oh, I don't know, what, what, what time zone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can answer that question in, yeah. in several ways, comes to my mind. But this is how Disney answers it, and it's an example of how they take it five steps beyond. They will look at you very, very sweetly and say, ma'am, it's 3 o'clock, but it, do you see that tree that down there? Well, there's a bakery, right? See that bakery right there? Well, if you arrive by 2 o'clock, the bakery will have the door open, and you're going to be able to feel the, the air conditioning at your back because it's going to be really hot by 2, 3 o'clock. And if you get here by 2, you'll be able to get a seat under the tree with the air conditioning at your back, and you'll have the perfect view of the parade. Oh. That's how that's how Disney will answer that question. Well, and you know it's so genius because not only are they bringing up the pain of how hot it's going to be, but they're also bringing up the pleasure of how they can enjoy it in the right. cool air conditioning and get a treat as well. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just, taking you know it's taking their customer service not just one step beyond, but five steps beyond. Wow! Wow! Well, if you're just joining us, uh, this is Purpose Without Limits. We're speaking to our concierge expert and leader, tr- leading trainer in our country and abroad. She is the uh, author of Going Above and Beyond and has sought all over the country to do concierge training. Um, and uh, remember to stay tuned because at the end of the show, we'll have, we'll have information about how you can get a copy of her book at no cost to you. So anyway, back to uh, our conversation. Tell me a little bit about the International Concierge and Lifestyle Management Association. Well, that's an international association that we started a number of years ago for the independent concierge industry. And we have about 300 members from all over the world. Um, and it's you, we, we get independent concierge. We get all sorts of concierge. And it's really for networking and educational reasons that people join. Wow. So so it sounds like this is kind of the business association, if you will, for people who want to start a business, a concierge business. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have all sorts of forums. And, it's, you know, we have a national conference. The next one will be in September in Tampa. And it just allows you to be in a room with a lot of concierge who have come from all over the world. And there's some industry veterans who come to our conference, and it's it's a good way to, you know, the, as we all say, the brain picking is free when we're at the conference. But, you know, if you're starting a concierge company, it's good for networking. It's good to it's good to ask questions from people who actually are in the business. Well, it's, a, it's a good place. To, it's a good place to learn. Yeah, and you, I know you're a former meter, meeting planner, and I do some of that as well from our hospitality background. And I think one of the the most valuable things about conferences and conferences and meeting are the conversations that happen in the hallway. You know, oh, those absolutely. connections and those relationships. They're just you know they're just priceless. And uh, like you said, I don't think that online training. I think that's certainly something that people need to do. But but live conferences and networking, those types of things, will never. Um, never lose their value. Oh, absolutely. In the concierge industry, we're a young industry. We've only been around for about 20 years. And it only really started in the United States about 10 years ago. And so we don't have a concierge in every market yet, but it's certainly sweeping across the United States. It's sweeping through Canada, through Europe, into Australia. I have one or two in Japan. I I think I've only got one in Russia, believe it or not, only one or two in China. So we don't have one in every market yet, but it is slowly, slowly gaining speed. 
Well, and what I think, it's when I was at uh, an annual protocol and etiquette convention about a year and a half ago, I met a gentleman named John, and he's a butler for one of the wealthiest people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I was meeting a real butler, you know. (laughs) You know, the nicest guy, and I think about, again, concierge service is really uh, being that personal assistant, that butler, if you will, but um, more specialized, I guess, not necessarily for one person per se, but for maybe a certain segment or, a, a, you know, a certain... Um, um well, absolutely. I mean, we have concierge in all niches. I have them in hospitals that are offering it to patients and staff. I have them in shopping malls. I I have them going after individuals, and they're not just for the very wealthy. I have concierge who are going after blue-collar workers, if you will, and churches and associations. I mean, I have a, yeah, I even have a concierge that's going, her demographic is divorced men. Oh, wow. So I have another concierge who's going after the patients of plastic surgeons. Pretty good if you think about it, because patients of plastic surgeons they don't want to go outside so they need their groceries delivered they need their prescriptions delivered i mean they need a lot of services one of the hottest hottest services in our industry is senior services because the baby boomers are all getting older and they all need additional services right and not only do they need additional services but perhaps that baby boomer has a senior parent mm-hmm. they also have children they're trying to to manage the time with so they absolutely. have kids in school right so absolutely. finding that person to actually count on to kind of be that extension of the family if you will you know families aren't as big as they used to be and used to you know family units stay together they live together and they all took care of each other and you just don't find that anymore it's kind of it's really not something that you see uh, as a normalcy in today's society? Not today. In Japan, you do, and in Asia, and in, in certain countries around the world, but not here in America. It's, it's, it's not usually done, which is too bad. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because even we were talking about it um, at our church this weekend is the fact that there's so many people that move and they're really isolated. They're away from their families. They are. And so really having that additional help, um, you know, is, is certainly a, a just a wonderful asset if you can find the right person. Now, if somebody wanted to be a concierge, what is what are what is the first step? Well, the first step if they wanted to be a concierge, well, certainly here's some blatant self promotion: buy a couple books. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> they really, it's quite honestly, it's a question of how you act and how you think and how you speak. So, the first thing, I mean, if anybody who wants to be a concierge, so they really, really, really want to take their customer service up to the highest level possible, instead of saying you're welcome, say it was my pleasure. My pleasure, absolutely. It was my pleasure. If you go to the Four Seasons or the Ritz Carlton, you will see them standing straight. You will see them impeccably dressed. They will call you ma'am and sir. They will never call you by your first name. They will call you by your surname, as in Mrs. Giovanni or Mr. Smith that you will never see them eating and drinking at their station, mm-hmm. and they will speak and they, they will mind their manners, quite frankly. So that's, a, that's the number one way to take your customer service to an all, all-time high. You know, you brought something up that I'd love to get your take on this because I, um, I know you haven't always lived in the South. but No, uh, I haven't. <laughs> so that's why I think you'd be a great person to ask this question to. You know, I have a, <clears throat> a dear friend, and, you know, they're not teaching their children to say, yes, ma'am, no, sir. They feel like, you know, I guess um, in their family uh, there's some disagreement, but there's that common knowledge that, or, or, should I say, that impression that people have. It's a Southern thing, and I don't necessarily feel like it's a Southern thing. I think it's a respect thing. 
And, um, but I would love for you to be able to, um, to comment a little bit about that, what your thoughts are, because again, I grew up knowing that was something that was a respect issue, but I think people in other parts of the country sometimes thinks it's, think it's disrespectful. Well, I grew up in New York City, and we were taught to call people Mr. Smith and Mrs. Smith. I never, I wasn't really taught to say ma'am and sir, but I was, it was forbidden to call anybody by their first name. Now, here in the South, I live down in the South in North Carolina, and in the South, they don't say, you know, Mrs. Giovanni. They'll call me Miss Catherine, and mm-hmm. it's, they, they will use the first name, but they'll put a miss in front of it, and it's considered very polite. And I think, I, I tend to think that my kids are being raised to say, you know, ma'am and sir, and in the Southern style, Miss Catherine, because they are in the South. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very polite. I don't think a child should call an adult by their first name. I just don't. Uh, oh, I just, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, and I think that when parents allow their children to call them by their first names, it really, that really, the boundary of parent-child certainly is questioned there. So I agree. Uh, certainly, I don't think that is a very good service to the children and teaching them kind of treat, you know, respect and what they need for the real world. So, um, well, well, thank you for that take on that. So certainly uh, Southern probably, yes, ma'am, no, sir. But I know in teaching business etiquette, always I teach use the, um, the, the Mr. Ms, you know, Mr. Ms. Ms. And Ms. Ms. As far as, you know, women in business, of course, regardless of the age or marital status. So. Oh, absolutely. And if you call people, ma'am, uh, call all women, ma'am. The only ones you're going to irritate is the 29-year-old who doesn't think she's old enough to be called ma'am. <laughs> yeah. And even then, it's only the northern 29-year-old. The southern women who are 29, they're all used to it. Right. But the northerners, with all due respect to anybody in the north who's listening to this, don't get offended. I am from New York City. But even <laughs> I, at 29, when I was ma'amed, I didn't think I was old enough to be ma'amed. And it, it kind of hurt my feelings. Right, exactly, yeah. But you still have to do it. Well, and it's cute because my husband is in his mid-40s now, and uh, we have a young man that works with us, and, you know, he calls him Mr. Snyder, and he said, well, gosh, you know, uh, he is very respectful, but at least it's, I'm not in my 30s getting it. Yeah, <laughs> because you just feel somewhat older, but it is a respect thing. And, and uh, sometimes you just have to embrace when you're getting in your mid-40s. It just is how it is. It is. And, you know, it's it's. I, it it's also can be irritating. I remember I went to the doctor's office, and I can't even remember why I was there, a checkup or something. And I was waiting in line, and they I signed in, and they said, Catherine, uh, could you give me your insurance card or whatever it is? And I did, and I sat back down again. And this gentleman walked up, and he signed in, and they said, oh, Mr. Smith, it's mm. so nice to see you, sir. Oh. I was so irritated, and yeah. then they did it to me in the bank. I, You know, you go through deposit, the drive through guys. And I got everything. I got Hello Triangle for Triangle Concierge because they were obviously reading the deposit slip. <laughs> and I got Hello Catherine. And I got, I got a lot of weird things. Mm-hmm. One day, my husband and I went through together. And he handed the deposit in. And the guy said, Mr. Giovanni, nice to see you again, sir. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Poor a Ron ma- caught Ron caught an earful on that one. I and bet. it wasn't even his fault. That's right. <laughs> And I guess the lesson here is respect is equal, you know, equal. Equal rights. That's right. Equal rights, equal respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, Catherine, this is just uh, delightful. We always have a question from someone from our mailbag. So uh, Gail wants to know what is, um, she wants to start a concierge business. So I know you mentioned earlier about having a couple of books, but Mm -hmm. other than if she reads the books and then, you know, decides she wants to move forward, what would be the next step for her to start you know, pushing forward. 
I would go to my website, triangleconcierge.com. Okay. And the first thing I would do would be to go on to the Find a Concierge directory I have on my website. There's like a several hundred concierge companies listed in there. And I would click on every single website in that, in that directory to see what everybody around the world is doing. You'll find some websites you like. You'll find some websites that are horrible. But it'll give you a really good idea of what everybody in the industry is doing. And once you've done a little research... Then you can come back to Triangle, and we offer live seminars, live webinars. We have a home study program. We have books. We have consulting. We have a lot of products that can help you get your business off the ground. But I think buying a book and doing some research and seeing what everybody else is doing will be very valuable to you. And then, of course, if they want to go a step further, they can actually try to attend the the conference this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in Tampa at the end of September. It's right on the site. Okay. Fantastic. So they can find all that information out on the website. Well, that's great news. And and I think something that people are are always thinking in the back of their head today is security. So is there any particular thing, if you're a concierge in, you know, in business that you need to have to let people know you're credible, um, you know, that's, you know, as far as a check and balance, if you will? Um, I suggest you belong to your local chamber of commerce. I suggest you belong to the Better Business Bureau. Certainly belong to my association, the International Concierge and Lifestyle Management Association, um, the more things you belong to, the more credibility you will have. Um, and it, it, and it, you know, you need, there's that old adage, you need to spend money to make money. But oh, I think yes. the more you spend on yourself and your training to show that you were professionally trained and you do belong to a professional association and you've signed our code of ethics, that's going to tell people that you are a professional concierge. Right. And we have a, the association does have a certification program. So, I mean, it's all these things are going to show people that you are a professional, and that's what you want. Absolutely. And, of course, getting your business license and, you know, just well, making yeah. sure, you know, all the basic things, too. You know, I'd hate for people to say, it's amazing people who go, oh, I have such and such business, but they have no business license insurance. and they don't have a bank account, right? You yeah. need insurance. You need a good accountant. You need contracts. You need a good lawyer. Um, you need a good banker, needless to say. You need a website, brochure, but you really do need insurance. I know so many companies who are operating without insurance, and it is so incredibly dangerous. Absolutely. We're such a uh, litigious society today. Yes, we are. Yeah, so just making sure you're protected, it's peace of mind, definitely. So, well, fantastic. Well, I know we talked about uh, a free bonus, so tell us a little bit about um, the bonus folks will get if they reach out to you on the website and they're the first 10 people. Well, the first 10 people who email me and use your name or your company name will get a copy, an autographed copy of my book, Going Above and Beyond, that will teach you how to act and think like a concierge. And it's a good book for anybody who has to talk to the general public for a living which is kind of all of us, but anybody <laughs> who has to deal with the general public, this book is going to literally tell you how to act, how to dress, how to talk, what to do, what to say. It's going to talk about international protocol, and it talks about internal and external customer service. Oh, and that's so true because we want to uh, make sure that we're serving people we work with as well as the people that um, are, are, are purchasing our services. You're exactly well, right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's even for the executives because it's, it's, it's a known fact that how the boss treats his people is how his people will treat the clients. Absolutely. That trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. 
what's in the heart what's in the heart comes out of the mouth and the actions <laughs> yeah i got a call from a law firm in new york city and he wanted me to come in and fix his staff cuz they were broken mm. and he said my staff is broken and after talking with him for about 20 minutes it was clear to me that it wasn't the staff who needed to change Right. It was him. And it's very hard to say that to a boss who thinks he's doing it the right way. It happens a lot, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have one final question before we leave. So tell me, this uh, um, your your, uh, student, if you will, uh, at the hospital, did he see things a different way? Did he uh, learn how to be a little more nice, a little less gruff? (laughs) I doubt it because he was the first one to leave the room when it left. Oh, no. I I didn't hold out much hope. You know, you, 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 you can't catch everybody in these things. No, you can't win them all. You can't win them all, so, but you tried. So I did try. That's the main thing. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us, and I certainly uh, hope all of you will reach out to her, take advantage of that, and where should they email you to get that copy of the book? They can email me here at my office, and the email address is K, the letter K, Giovanni, G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I, at triangleconcierge.com. Okay. Well, again, I just can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it, and I hope you'll come back sometime. Oh, it's my pleasure. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with more Purpose Without Limits after this Two Talk Minute. Hi, this is Barbara Kazam from Kazamitude, spelled K-H-O-Zamitude.com, with your two tip of the week. Today's food is the egotude. These people are arrogant. They have a my way or the highway attitude. They are poor listeners. Good examples would be your boss, some colleagues, and customers. The solution is to be direct and to the point with these people. If you have to email them, you will use bullet points. If you have a challenge, you must, must, must bring in the solution. It sounds like this. Hey, I have a challenge with this. I was thinking of these possible solutions. What do you think? The benefit is you will give them the answer and you will look assertive. This is Barbara Kazam with your two tip of the week. For more information, go to kazamitude.com. Well, friends, it's that time again, time to say goodbye. But as always, we'll be back next week with another amazing show. Next week, not only will Barbara Kazam join us with another to talk tip, but we'll also have the amazing guest, Lynn Maguki Gardner, who'll be talking to us about the importance of mentors in our lives, as well as that, that challenge that we all face finding work-life balance so you'll want to be sure to join us remember if you have not listened to previous shows you can go back to webtalkradio.net and download the previous shows as well as be sure to visit the success store at makeyourbestimpression.com with home study programs e-tools and of course you can always pick up a copy of my new book professionally polished there are wonderful resources for you to be your best self today so thank you again for your time and have a great week You've been listening to Purpose Without Limits with your host, Dallas Teague Snyder. Dallas is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book, Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. Visit MakeYourBestImpression.com for more information.